Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we will close out our summer series, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. Uh, we will be in chapters 10, 11, and 12. This is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. I'm not. But if I start boasting about that, I have no idea what any of that stuff is. I'm wrong for doing that. But we boast in God and we can do that because God's like, you can boast in me. You boast in me. I got you. And, and you know, at the end of the day, it's like to understand, like when we think about the master and, and the shepherd, it's like he has you. He knows what's going on in your life. When everything is crumbling, when everything seems to be like just out of control and I can tell you I talked to somebody when I mean they're they're going through a really tough time right now and and I you know one of the things Teresa reminded me is like God's mercies like it could be worse it could be worse but because of God's grace and God's mercy and his love for you it's not it's not like it's and you know and 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 self-inflicted wounds so just FYI he did it to himself because of his sin. It's self-inflicted. But again, his mercies are there. Like he loves you. And a lot of times within that, within, within that brokenness, is, and, and that's one of the things that we, it's hard. I, I can tell you, nobody wants to be in the valley. Okay? Nobody. We all want to stay on the mountaintop. Every one of us do. But it's the, when, you're, when you're in the valley, the intimate relationship of God gets strengthened. It's deeper. Something happens. Now, you may, not, you may not comprehend that in that moment, but, man, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You belong to God. He's got you. He's your shepherd. And, and understanding like He stands with you. He doesn't depart from you. And something happens within that, you know, as we, as we talk about the you know uh, the surely and goodness follow me like i said in that moment it may not feel like that but it's his love it's it's the work that the shepherd's doing in romans chapter 8 verse 28 and i told you all this don't ever give this to somebody when they're going through it please but they'll get this later on and we know that for the for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose because we are his children there is something good that's going to come out of what's happening in the valley and there's a purpose for it we don't know what it is in that time though right 
When we're in that trial and suffering, we have no clue. But we have to trust the shepherd. That's why he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, this is how we know what is love. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. It's the standard of what, what self-sacrifice is that Christ did for us. He laid down his life for us. And one of the things he talked about was when um, he had time with some of his friends and his wife when his wife was alive. Uh, his wife, one of the things that W. Philip Keller shares is that he lost his wife uh, to cancer. And one of the things he talked about before that is they had friends that came over. And when they came over, he said it was such a blessed time. But one of them thought that they, they left his hat behind. And he asked him, he said, hey, can you ask your wife, or did I leave my hat behind? And, and she said the only thing that was left behind was, was the remnants of them being there, the blessing that they were. Couldn't find a hat, though, right? But they were such a blessing. They had combed the house, and she says the only thing those men left behind was a great blessing. A great blessing. Is that you? Do you leave a great blessing? Do you leave, are, are you, are, you know, are you making people angry when you're around them? You know, it's like, what kind of, what kind of Christian are you? Are you a blessing to other people? I love it in Isaiah 52, verse 7, it says the most beautiful, it, it says, how beautiful are the mountains or the feet of those who bring the good news, who proclaim peace. So that's one of the questions he has. Do I leave peace in lives or turmoil? These are questions that for you. I can tell you, we talked to um, un unbelievable testimony. The, just the time I got with them. You know, we got um, Sunday with, and I, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, but unbelievable testimony. And I believe he gave a word of encouragement to Reuben. He spoke a word of encouragement over your life. And I don't know if you got that, but he did. And, and, and I, I was just blown away, but it was like, man, what a, what, a, what, what, to, what a great thing to leave behind was you were wanting more time to talk with him, right? And that's the same thing that we got with Tony. We wanted more time to talk with him. We enjoyed it because he was such a blessing to be around for all of us, for all of us. And that's what we should be as well. Like we should be a blessing to people. We should be peacemakers. We need to live peaceable lives. We should, we should you know, w there shouldn't be wickedness that pours out of us, and that's what we leave turmoil around everywhere we go, right? Unfortunately, that's, that's what a lot of Christians leave. Do I leave behind forgiveness or bitterness? Oh, that's a tough one, right? We're actually going to talk about this this weekend. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God as God in Christ forgave you it's not a burden for us to forgive somebody now I I may be able to uh, like I have no issue I can forgive somebody and and at the end of the day what's hard though is is when that other person is still not in the place they still want to argue but I've forgiven you I just hope we come to a place of reconciliation at some point. Right? That's the, that's the prayer. 
But you can forgive that person without ever having that conversation. You go to God and say, Lord, I, <laughs> I know my part. I need to ask for forgiveness of that. I forgive, I forgive them for their and what happened. But I, I, I don't want to have this thing take root anymore. I need to give it up. And it's good for your, your mental health and your emotional stability. Don't let people take space in your heart that belongs to God because of unforgiveness or past hurts, right? Don't do that. Mark chapter 11, verse 25 says, And whenever you stand, pray, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that the Father also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. Do I leave behind contentment or conflict? That's a tough one, right? Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to, be, uh, to abound in anything and in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of face and plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Contentment. Contentment is something we, we, we do need to learn. Conflict. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Are you stirring up wrath? Are you stirring up anger? Do I leave behind flowers of joy or frustration? Are people frustrated with you after they talk with you? Or are you leaving that, that sweet aroma, you know, as we talked about in Ephesians, you know? What kind of fragrance are you leaving behind? James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And we can be frustrated. We know that Mary and Martha, when Martha was cleaning and Mary was at the feet of Jesus, Martha was what? She was frustrated. And she's like, she goes and tells Jesus, 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 you, don't, you can tell Mary to get off, you know, and get up and help out here. And Jesus tells her Mary's where she needs to be. Almost like you need to be where Mary is. That's one of the things I loved about the story this weekend. It's just the fact that Mary and Martha always went to Jesus. They always were with Jesus. And that's how we should be. And so do we leave a mess behind or do we leave love? And I've told you all this many a times. You take the 1 Corinthians 13, 4, verse 7, and you just add your name in there. Instead of love is patient and kind, is Mike patient and kind? Mike does not love, or Mike does not envy or boast, is not arrogant or rude. Like, you put your name in there. Because we have to remember, like, we are to be known by our love. We are to be known by our love. One of the things he did talk about was David Livingstone, who's a... a was a missionary uh, and, and did many explorations in Africa and suffered sickness and danger and suffering, anxiety, illness. You name it, David went through it. And David says, if you have men who will only come if, they, if there's a good road, I don't want a man who will, uh, who will come if there is no, I want a man who will come if there is no road. So when he's talking about mission field, he's like, look, there are men that will only come when the air conditioning's working. Church, right? AC ain't working the church. Oh, and we're not doing church. That's how people are today, right? But this is what he's saying. It's like if there's no road, they ain't going to go. 
He's like, I want the guys and the gals that are going to go on the mission field that know there's no road, and they're going to still go. It's like he said, God send me anywhere, only go with me. Lay any burdens on me, only sustain me. Like, I don't know if I, like, can you say that? Lay any burden on me, sustain me. And sever any tie in my heart except the tie that binds my heart to yours. That was missionary David Livingstone. Isn't that crazy? Like, lay any burden on me. Only you sustain me. Man. You know, we have to remember that, like, when we look at surely goodness and mercy that follows us, is we, one of the things that, that when he talked about David Livingstone is that we're not, you know, we're not um, lukewarm Christians. Okay? Now we're actually, we actually walk this out. And, and just remember, goodness and mercy go back to back. They're with you in the valley. They're with you as you walk through life. Okay? And, and so, again, surround yourself with people that are going to sing psalms, that are going to give thanksgiving, that are going to worship with you, that are going to cry with you, that are going to walk with you, that are going to share scripture with you. That's who you do life with. And that brother and sister that you have in your life that does that, oh man, we all need that. That's what discipleship is. The last chapter we looked at is, and we'll get through this one pretty fast, is I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he ties it back into the shepherd. Because whose house are you going to be dwelling in? The Lord's. The Lord's. He's prepared a place for you. He's prepared a place for you. And, and to understand that, that one of the things I love is it's forever. Forever. John 14, verse 1, it says, let, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself that where I am, you, you may uh, be also. And you know that where I am going, Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you, had known me, uh, if, you, if you had known me, you would have known my Father. And also from, uh, from now on, you, on you do, do know him and have seen him. And so one of the things he's talking about is like you, you know the Father. You know Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life that he prepares a place for you. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about this past weekend from the tent to the mansion. These are our tents. These bodies. Right? And every person's body, every tent is going to fail them at some point. But you go from the tent to the mansion. And you're never separated from a holy God. You're never separated from a holy God. And so, do you ever think, like when we, like when, when, when somebody does pass, like you've heard the stories when they pass and they're like in tears. And they're, they're just like, they're, they're going on to heaven. And they're describing it in some, in some, in their last breaths. Because they were never separated from a holy God. He's like, you're going to dwell with me forever. Forever. And so we, when we hear that, we should, should have the, the, uh, 
almost, I, I think one of the things he talks about is like the bragging rights, the boasting. We should be boasting in God, right? We should be sharing the gospel. We should be telling people about Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31, it says, And because of him you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification, redemption, so as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. We'll boast about everything, right? But do you boast in God? Do you boast in God? We'll boast about, I, I hear people, I don't know why people boast about the cowboys. I have no clue because they haven't done anything forever right my poor son he became a cowboys fan after they won all the super bowls <laughs> they haven't done anything since i feel so bad because i'm like man it's been a long time but he's not he's never been a falcons fan so we've gone to the super bowl and don't do anything but lose twice so um but we'll boast about those things right you go play play sports with somebody or baseball and you go man i hit the ball farther than you but do you, boast, do you boast about God to your friends? Do you boast about God with your family? Right? Do you boast about God at church? Man, do you see how God showed up here and here and did that? Are you catching that? Like it's, we, should be, we should be doing that. One of the things he did talk about was how the sheep would get through the fence and try to make their way to the fence. And it was the neighbor's sheep that were sickly and abused, right? And, and they would try to come in to the fold, and they had digestive issues. They were limp. Some of them were, uh, you could see the bones on their body. And he would gather them up, the, the good shepherd, the Doc, W. Philip Keller, and he would take them to, to, the, uh, to the owner of the bad uh, the bad shepherd, the guy who actually never took care of his sheep, he said as soon as he would take them to the owner, the owner would just slit their throats and kill them. And, and it, it, he said it would break his heart because he was like, man, I could take care of these sheep. Just give me time. I get them on the right diet, make sure that they're eating right, and then start building them back up and get them into the fold. But it was a, the, the parallel here is like, who are you going to spend forever with? Is it going to be with Satan or God? Because the bad shepherd still killed, destroy. All he did was cut the throats of the sheep. He didn't want nothing to do with them. He didn't care that they were missing. And so that's the picture of, of Satan that he gives there. And that's why he says in John 10, verse 7 through 11, So Jesus again said, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who, come, uh, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pastors. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have a life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He's trying to tell you that, look, the only way is through the door is Jesus. That's it. You, there's no sneaking in, Right? You're not sneaking in. None of that stuff's happening. Uh, you have to choose to follow him. You know, all these things that David is talking about, surely goodness, uh, anointing of the oil, and, and, and to, to be able to lay down in, in the pastors near the calm waters, the still waters, all of those things come from the good shepherd, not from Satan. And if you don't think Satan is on a rise, you need to wake up. 
they're doing things things that used to be done in the dark are now being done in broad daylight now they're not hiding it anymore okay if you have kids that listen to the number one artist doja cat you need to remove that immediately from the playlist because she's actually calling on demonic forces and being possessed and she's dressed like satan's daughter in the videos and but she's actually calling on these things and teaching kids how to do this and this is the number one artist in the country state satan comes to what steal kill destroy you have to be mindful of what's happening why do you think there's such a uh, uh, the uh, uh, such a rise in the lgbtq community and gender equality and all this stuff right what's the great way of birth control lgbtqia what's another great way of birth control gender mutilation why in the world would would the united states have anything to do with trying to push that across africa it's demonic you're you're you, you, can you imagine that child at 30 years old going you know what i made a mistake and i want to be a man again i want to have kids you can't have kids it's demonic things are being done in broad daylight now uh drugs they just found out there's a new synthetic for fentanyl that's worse than the fentanyl so the narcan you're going to need three or four of those to try to come out of it uh do we close the borders and stop it no no we actually opened the doors and welded them so you can't close them it makes no sense we, we're having more teens die of fentanyl deaths and the devil comes to what steal kill destroy and he's doing that to our youth very easily as parents that's one of the things that we need to remember is our jobs is to guide our children to let them know there's life and life abundantly and that they need jesus christ and there's only one door that you go through and that's through the good shepherd there's no other way and unfortunately people will try to say oh there's this or you can go do this or this other thing that's satan trying to pull your children away don't let them do that you have to stand at the gate as fathers that's what our job is is to stand at the gate because the devil wants to come steal kill and destroy your family and and we have to be mindful of this see my job even though i say i will dwell in the house of the lord forever i have a responsibility here today as a pastor as a father as a husband and as a grandfather to teach them about jesus christ and make sure they try to stay on that skinny path which is the narrow right the skinny road there's no other way you're not sneaking in it's understanding like for us we need to be very sensitive to the uh the the voice of christ and we hear that from what the word of god through the holy spirit we all need that anointing every one of us need that tonight we all need to be re-anointed with oil lord like give me a fresh one of the holy spirit i need that let me walk with you i man when i read what david livingston said i'm like like whatever your will is lord but sustain me how many of you got things going through your head going well i don't know if i could do that right you have something that automatically appears like well i don't know if i could do that but if he's your god and he's called you to be his child right you're his will you allow him to sustain you as you take this walk and remember we're walking through the valley you're gonna get to the other side 
And there'll be a moment at the mountaintop where you'll go, I saw God here, I saw God there, I saw God move this. I don't know how that happened, but that's the mercy and the goodness of God that was there. I don't, I can't explain it, but God just, and we need to trust that. This is a great book. And, and you know, at the end of the day, it's just to remember, like, we want to, we want to live for the Lord. And some of the hardest moments that when we try to live for God is when we are in that valley. And we need, that's when we need, man, it's, it's so important for the other sheep around us to be comforting, to be calming, to be welcoming. But if we got worms all up in our heads and we're beating ourselves up against the stage and we're knocking each other in the head, how are we helping each other? How are we helping when our brother or our sister is in pain or they need prayer, right? We need to, we need to as Christians, we need to live for God. And, and again, one of the things I, I just think of is like, would you be willing to say that which David Livingston said? God send me anywhere. Only go with me. Lay any burden on me. Sustain me. And sever any tie in my heart except the tie that binds my heart to yours. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 